0: It's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit, and I'm Dr. Lisa. You know what? I'm going to say that I'm really self-involved today. Do you know what happened? I got fucking COVID. Can you believe it? I got COVID, and I have this really great artist that I'd been planning on having a session with in person, Rick Prohl uh, but I can't do it in person. So I got him to do it with me on zoom and you know what, this is his first zoom ever. Can you believe this folks? So I don't know about the quality of the sound, but I'm telling you right now, I don't know this guy very well. I know of his work very well, but it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good session. I have no doubt. So stay tuned. Okay, but before we get started, I just want to remind you that you are listening to one of the greatest radio stations and in the Western Hemisphere. And that means more now than ever. And we really do need your support. We're a really hard working station. We've stuck out stuck it out. It'll be seven years in May, folks. And um, we're struggling, we're really struggling now, and we could use a little a little help. We could use financial help, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org donate. We've got great merch, we've got so many great shows. We've got so much that we give away, and uh, we would love you to be part of our family. So please look into supporting us. Thanks a lot. Okay. Hi, Rick.
1: Hi. How are you?
0: Good. How's it How's it feel? You're on Zoom. It's okay. It's okay.
1: <laughs> going to the it's
0: your first Zoom.
1: I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Rick, hang in there. I'm going to do a little introduction about you, Okay. Okay. and then then I'll bring you in and you can you can comment on whether it was accurate or not whatever. All right. We're going to dig into your your mind, hopefully. So anyway, folks, here's a deal with Rick. Rick Kroll is. a uh, venerable artist. He has been well known for a long time. He's one of the original artists of the East Village scene. He's collaborated with Basquiat. He probably knows, has known a lot. He probably knows a lot of famous people that are dead, frankly. I mean, I don't know. I really have no idea. I haven't really looked into this so much. But I know that he did collaborate with Basquiat. He's a very, very dedicated and consistent artist. Like I said, I don't know him that well personally, but I know his work and I seen it consistently. I mean, I'm the same age as Rick, okay? And I've been in the village. And I mean, I've lived here just as long as Rick has, but Rick's really the real deal. He's been around and I've seen his work forever. And um, he's had so many shows. So you know, here's how I'm going to impress you by the by his work. Okay, I'm just going to read to you the um, the collections he's in. Okay, he's in. These are all museum collections. Okay, Modern Art Museum, American Museum. You know the the mu- fucking Museum of Modern Art. Okay, uh, the Guggenheim, the Stieglitz, the Museum of Contemporary Art, Hishhorn, Chicago, Hirschhorn, Hirshhorn. Uh, Aldrich Holocaust Museum and Smithsonian Libraries. There's so much other stuff, but right now the reason um, Rick Prawl is is hot right now at this particular moment is because he has a stunning uh, show at JamesPuentes.com. That's J A M E S, Puentes F U E N T E S. You can, you really should see it. The paintings are huge. You're not going to get it from looking at it on the site, but you can you can actually go there until Saturday. It's closing Saturday. That's like the 25th or something. Also, you know what? I got to tell you something. My good friend uh, James Calm, and I'm going to post this too. Did a great. Uh, um, did a great session, whatever he, I don't know, you can't really, he did a great James Calm uh, episode, that's, it's a one, it's a -a one-of-a-kind thing, I can't quite describe it, but if you want to see the opening, if you want to hear Rick talk a little bit to, to, to James, if you want to see every, you know, I can recommend that, if, but only if you don't live in New York, and you can't get here, all right? So, um, I also just want to say, just to give um, some uh, context about James' work, I know we're not going to be seeing it now because this is audio, this is radio, but I do want to say that, uh, here, I'm just going to read what somebody wrote, I'm just going to read it, I'm not going to read the whole thing, I'm just going to give you the adjectives, okay? burning buildings, cracked windows, addiction crisis, physical and emotional violence again, intensify in the streets in the aftermath of our losses. So I think that's connecting it to like the pandemic and how fucked up our uh, society is again. Uh, At the core, the immediacy and recognizably of Pearl's work is necessarily, tension with a certain mystery and ambiguity. Also, while the animals in his paintings might most literally signify relevant, most relevant here is their ultimate unknowability to us as humans. Pearl scenes and figures appear destitute, down and out, stabbed in their necks and backs and twisted over. What's remarkable about them is their eternal resilience. So Rick's making a terrible face. No. I don't you, <laughs> um, so anyway, they're dark, they're fucking dark. They're fucking dark, but there's, um, they're fucking dark, but in the best way possible. They're fucking dark in a, like, whatever. Gothic has been used, punk rock has been used. You know, they're not like, they're beautiful, and you can live with, I could actually live with one, which I don't say about all the work that I love. They're like, they're great. They're great to look at, they're enjoyable paintings, but man, they are dark. <laughs> so Rick, uh, do yes. you wanna, I'm gonna ask you some questions, but do you wanna add anything to that? Did I, did I get it? What's going on? Yeah,
1: no, um, I thought that was fine. It's um always interesting to hear what people say because I don't know how people see them I mean I don't even know fully how I see them but
0: Mm -hmm.
1: when I hear somebody speak about it it's fascinating it's always like oh okay it really I did convey something that they got you know because you could do something and think oh I'm gonna say this in the work and then it just doesn't come across right It's really interesting how it works because it feeds back to me that then it tells me a little bit like what I'm doing almost because while I'm doing it, I'm not thinking it out. It's intuitive. It really is. Yeah,
0: I was going to say that I'm going to guess that you're not the most emotionally, verbally expressive person. Like your girlfriend is probably gives you shit about not communicating. Am I right?
1: No, no, I'm the opposite. Really? Oh yeah.
0: Because there's so much emotion in your work, but it's still, maybe with her, maybe with her, but I'm gonna say that you're private. Is that true?
1: Private? Yes.
0: You You like, maybe your girlfriend, you probably tell her everything and you're very probably communicative with her. Okay, I'll give you that. But like, do you think, like, if I went to your opening, people at your opening, they would yeah. probably see you as more of a, a distant? You know, I don't. I think you know. No, no, like, no,
1: no, no. It's what the exact do you think?
0: What do you think? What do you think? Do you no, think I'm that? No, I'm very.
1: Uh, well, you know, you're also very vulnerable as an artist. You know, you have to like
0: know, I know how to.
1: You know how you have to know how to weed out a lot of things. You have to know who to even acknowledge.
0: Mm -hmm. And some people
1: take things wrong and, you know, but I'm uh, gregarious. I'm I'm not at all like what you'd think by looking at the work in a sense.
0: I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm not like
1: joyful, but I'm, you know, I have uh, dark moments like everybody. But, um, well, what's
0: interesting to me, what made me say that, and I'm interested, is that I, your response to what I what I have said, and what other people have written about your work. It doesn't, it seems like you're surprised at how well it can, comu- how it communicates.
1: In a sense, yes, because um, when I hear it, wow, it, it could be very accurate, like that somebody really sees things in it. You know, like somebody just projected an idea of the Ukraine on a piece I posted. And it was interesting because I specifically wasn't speaking about that at all. But because of its the look of the work, the destruction of the city, it kind of it was the image of a city, not the city, but it connected. It connected. So it was as if it connected with current events, and it also kind of played across past events. And um, I've always thought of my work as a bit of a premonition. But it's only because it traffics in the horror of the world, and that's constantly. like like 9-11 happened and my images, it was like, I painted that image 20 freaking years ago or something. Like, literally, if you look at it, it's it's the look of those destroyed towers that I had painted over and over again. Like, like, it's just strange. It's just, um...
0: So I'm going to say that your instincts, well, maybe, maybe your work is just so instinctual, which I believe, I believe your work, um... You know, is like really kind of and it seems, it seems like it's consistent and there's a lot of it. You the whole show that you have now you made from twenty twenty one started it, and, and it you was just made finished. in December. Yeah, and you that that was an amazing. I in, uh... mean, that's crazy.
1: Well, you I know what think... it was? It was a little bit that I worked up to it to a degree. Like in other words, the, the, the images were pretty well thought about in my head and on paper so when I painted them they mutated also of course they shifted and changed very quickly because they got simplified and they were very large but they came off very broad it was like a very broad gesture with them it it, it was really interesting because I hadn't been painting that big for a while and uh, I'm very comfortable on a large scale and it's just it just surprised you, me because do you, do you, I almost didn't trust them initially like wow this came off so kind of like clearly and, and simply that sometimes you think when it's not too simple but like is there enough did I put enough into it should I struggle with it more and some birth is very easy you know you have a a woman that has a child some of the births are very difficult I think it almost kills a woman maybe and painting is like that it's almost kill you you know times. Mm-hmm. And then at other times it's so it's almost like you you didn't even you're just boom you know they come out right away they're, they're almost yeah. fully So th- fully the, the
0: show together was it was probably really fun in that. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely joyful. And, really. and the one painting happened right after that it was like boom boom that boom. That must boom. have
0: been very. That must have been a really joyful experience, right?
1: It's satisfying. Yeah, it's like yeah. giving a good performance on stage. I guess you know it's like oh. That was a good. Oh, night. that came
0: out well. Yeah, like a drummer yeah.
1: gets up one night and really plays well. You know, it's like wow.
0: But I don't think um, all artists function that way. I think there are some artists. I mean, first of all, the way that you know, Some
1: plotted out.
0: Yeah, or like or standard,
1: they can't. To, yeah.
0: They, or they're not as connected with their their work in that way. I don't, in, I don't know.
1: It's hard or, to say.
0: I mean, they might be connected in their work. It may not be in the execution of it. You have the work and the execution, almost the way an abstract painter works, right?
1: I think of myself as an abstract painter. Yeah. I've always been.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I was
1: more obviously an abstract, non objective painter. But abstract mm-hmm. is something else because that's an abstraction from a figurative element, possibly. You know, you don't. Abstractive means you're abstracting from something possibly out right. there. But non-objective, it has nothing to do with a projection of an image and a creation of an image that you're seeing, you know, that you see. It's, it's Who can I think of? I mean, Pollock got very close to non-objective. Yeah. Those lines that he threw don't describe a contour. It's a totally non-objective image, but they right. allocated a title to them. He didn't. He started mm-hmm. numbering them. That's how far away he wanted to get from an, you know, an image of a thing depicted. It was actually a number. Then other people put autumn rhythm on it or something. You know, They have to okay. always bring it back to something so people can relate to it. It could never just stay number 31. You know?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: But it so, was. He numbered so them. I want to ask
0: scene. you where all that darkness comes from in your- uh,
1: Oh, I like, know exactly. In your psyche it comes from my childhood.
0: So what ha- what the fuck happened there, man? Huh? <laughs> you
1: yeah, you have no idea. I mean, it's hard to even. <laughs> it was really rough. It was really Like really what? Rough. Like what? It Where did great, you grow up? It was great out? and great and wonderful and it was really bad. Because Where did my you grow up? West uh village. Oh, so you've Tennessee. always
0: lived in Manhattan?
1: Oh yeah. I Your lived whole in life. Connecticut for a year, but um yeah, no, I grew up West Village. I was first on 15th Street, and Park. And then we moved to 6th Avenue and 11th Street, right across from PS41. And my bedroom window looked down towards Jefferson Market. Then past that, the World Trade Center went up. That, wow. that was the view I had for, for many years. And then now I live a block and a half from where I grew up. I wow, live off really? 7th Avenue and 11th. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's so wild.
1: So, I've seen it change, you know. <laughs> The apartment I have now, I've had like about 40 years.
0: So, so what, what, what was, what was it like? What well, what did, do your brothers and sisters, what do your parents do? That kind of stuff.
1: Well, my father was a great uh, class, classical guitarist. Really? I classical in Carnegie Hall and the guitarist wow. in New York of Segovia. And now he was the real, real Wow.
0: Class. Do you have, rec- yeah. you have recordings? I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and I play. I studied guitar. I mean, early on, and I studied ballet.
0: Wow, really?
1: Yeah, wow. I, I for years, for a number of years, I was very serious about dancing, but painting always took over. That was always ended up being the, the main focus and the first thing I was able to express myself with. I couldn't. I, I I never really learned how to write music. I can read and I can play, and I played rock and roll basically. But I studied classical when I was young, and. Uh, my father encouraged me to be a painter from very, oh, yeah. very early on. Yeah,
0: wow.
1: he was almost obsessed with this idea that, except he had no understanding of modern art, which was funny. Yeah, you know, he didn't get it. So,
0: but he understood. I had to Alan. break away
1: from. I had to break away from his idea of what he thought he wanted me to be, and it was very difficult. Until my last. Did he so want
0: there. you to be like a classic? I mean, it's yes. like, there's a real difference between, like, especially. I know this because I liked ballet. Like ballet has very little creativity for the dancers. Exactly. It's and technique. like orchestras, <laughs> very little creativity for the musicians. Right. In class in classical music, so I'm imagining that he might have tried to take those skills and try to get you to paint like Rembrandt or something is that his
1: Absolutely well his idea would be to paint like Corot <laughs> he loved Corot oh. and he didn't get my impressionist early words because he didn't understand the color and then I showed him a Pollock. and he's Spanish and he said oh a bunch of cacophony
0: <laughs> cacophony So so he really he was really into he was really into the idea of you being an artist he just didn't yes. like it made which is so no, he- for quite
1: a, quite a long time he would get upset actually because I needed to do what I had to do and like but it influenced me in a particular way it took me a long time to start painting about me about myself that was the last thing to happen was that I would start to actually paint about me and my feelings
0: and when did and that once happen? that
1: happened it all took off it was like
0: what was that in adolescence or well you no, went that was my, that was
1: about the last years at Cooper Union like 79 80 it really and you started also went to
0: music and art high school right
1: that's right yep yep
0: so but you what were you painting like in high school
1: I have a lot of it still and um I was painting the academic still lights and stuff and a lot of copies I did I did a whole summer of copying Picasso I mean I just mm-hmm. did tons of these I have them still and
0: what did your father tell you think the, the
1: truth I was always I was always now people told me this I didn't know it but I was always considered the best
0: Mm -hmm. the way it was at
1: cooper the same thing at at music and art i was but now looking back on it it's very interesting because i had no real conception of it but all the teachers everybody all the students they all knew me and a couple of other people maybe but i was always considered and i still hadn't yet i didn't know yet that that's what i was going to do with my wife i I didn't know i was doing like i said then i started studying ballet and music and music and art i played just as much music as as painted
0: Mm -hmm.
1: oh that was great because
0: you had the skills to do you have the the technical skills to do the classical work
1: exactly yeah no I. that's what everybody focused on right 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 no i did all i I was academically trained in a sense but i did it so much on my own it was so much of my own self uh teaching or you know because you're motivated well, there's a lot of lousy teachers out there i mean some of them a few of them are good but the ones you learn from are your fellow students and art yeah. history and,
0: and like and, i
1: got and, more from fellow students because i see how advanced somebody advanced somebody was in knowing themselves like that was what i always envied kind of like wow mm-hmm. this person really found their voice already you know in a way but you mm-hmm. can't rush that
0: so so what what did your mother mother what My was mother your
1: mom, was a mom like flamenco dancer and an actress and a, a she was, uh, you know, um, a remarkable woman, and uh, everybody crazy about my mother. I mean, she was just she died recently, but um.
0: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: My father passed away a number of years ago. He was only 74. He had a stroke, and that was it. Mm-hmm. He was gone. But um, now my mother was a my mother was another real kind of inspiration for me. But she didn't push me in any way, or she didn't. She accepted everything, and she was very. Uh, encouraging in a, in a very good way, in a way my father wasn't. I mean, my father was yeah. more like, he expected certain things of you. And in the end, though, it was it was my father that really did it. He really guided me, and he was always right there at the moment that I really needed it. And he helped me, in other words, guide me into music and art, and then Cooper Union, and um, I don't know, if it wasn't him watching and wanting something for me as a artist or something I don't know what would have happened I don't know that it, I don't know totally. I would have found it in the same way I mean it, it, it was a struggle and difficult but in the end so
0: you have brothers I owe home. it all
1: to him kind of well to both of them really
0: do you have brothers and sisters
1: yes I have a, two half sisters a sister and a half brother and none of them are in the arts.
0: and what so are they so who did you grow up with
1: my sister in New York Candela and how old is she I mean how older. much older than you, 50 you older. older or younger Just a year older
0: mhm and then what was your you know you 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 talk about that it there was a it, there was a lot of you know, there was, you, I mean, didn't you use the word horrible or something? It was bad. There was some bad shit. Yeah. In well, they, they, they
1: had a horrible marriage at one point and uh, they put us through it. You know, my mother was wait, very, wait, I didn't
0: hear that. Wait, so we're getting to the bad <laughs> shit. So what was yeah. so bad? I mean, God, all those opportunities, like, I'm like, oh, wow, those parents sound cool, good opportunities. So what's bad?
1: Think, number one, I think my father, because he, he was the real thing and he was acknowledged. My, my mother I think in the end was kind of very jealous of him on some level and she also um, wanted to be more independent or something There was just a bad mix the two of them my father was much more traditional he was born in Spain he was kind of uh, didn't know how to handle my mother falling out of love with him I think if, if you want to put it really simply. yeah I think so you know of course that's normal I mean but he couldn't I don't think he handled it well. I mean, like,
0: what do you, what but do you, the thing can is, you give us an know example?
1: If, we didn't so know if we can, will, huh?
0: I'm trying to understand it. Is there any particular example or anything that comes to your mind?
1: Yeah, she would do what she wanted, and she would come home whenever she wanted at night, and and they would get into horrible arguments. I mean, it was just did your crazy. mom go
0: out and have fun?
1: Yeah. That did was she, Did she yeah. drink? They did both became something of alcoholics.
0: And, and do you think that she um, made out with other guys?
1: I think she had an affair. There was one person in particular that I know about. And see, we didn't know it when we were children. Right. I, I didn't know what was happening. I always blame my father. Because my father would be the emotional volcano. And my mother would kind of, like, just try and get by with doing what she wanted to do. And what she should have done is left us. I mean, they should have broken up. Mm-hmm. But there was a certain love there between them. But... um it was uh really rough on us for a number of years. It was like, so, a,
0: so what was really hard was that your parents were fighting.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: and your was mom really was drinking. Did your dad, was they your mom. Started
1: too. She started, she actually wrote a, a few books in the first one. She talks about it openly, almost like as if it's all very funny, but we were little kids. In other words, her becoming more of a alcoholic in a way.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it, you know, I don't know, maybe it was more accepted on some level back then with the people drank to to a degree. Yeah,
0: it was different. My
1: father would drink though, until he inebriated himself, usually, and we'd be on a holiday, and he he would drink and he just wouldn't stop. And then he'd think everybody had a great time. And it was kind of like, Yeah, well, you are totally out of it. I mean, how do you even know what happened? So you
0: so wasn't unusual to see your dad drunk on special occasions?
1: Yeah, but other than that, he was very disciplined and had, had many students and they're very loving, adoring students
0: mm-hmm.
1: of the classical guitar and he taught theory, also music theory.
0: But he still had a problem with alcohol, really.
1: They both did. Yeah, they both yeah, developed. They yeah, both had developed. a problem
0: with alcohol. So that could really lead to some very, uh, um, I'm going to say, um, uh, lively, extreme arguments
1: yeah but again he no he wasn't a mean violent drunk in any way my mother wasn't there was no change my mother i think was more like a consistently she would you know drink but she wouldn't get plastered you know she was right. just no but my dad would just kind of drink until he fell out and that was usually like i said during the holidays. but it wasn't whatever.
0: more. it wasn't like as regularly as your mom you know i yeah. i have a i have one like of my bullshit psychotherapy theories that um i i mean you could probably read a, probably somebody's actually written about it i think i've read about it by real shrinks but i i think that um you know in a relationship there's often one person who's expressing the anger for the couple so yeah. your dad your mom might have been yeah. angry but your dad expressed it for it but exactly. they but you know, so, so, but you're, so what, so how did you, did you feel like, what did it feel like having, knowing, like, I know you were a child, but you were aware that they weren't getting along. So what was that like, or how did that feel?
1: Well, there was a lot of neglect happening. on uh-huh. of My father would, like I said, what he did was he'd pay very close attention and then he would forget about you for three months. And then he'd come uh-huh. back, pay attention again, and then demand that you'd be perfect throughout the period where you know you don't do that to a child. you have to kind of really be with them consistently, so you know what's going on, and you keep an you know what I mean. The brain yeah, of the child, yeah. right? You can't be inconsistent that way. You can't wait around and then come back and oh, you didn't get good grades. Well, you know what do you you know? So I rebelled in a way often. Yeah, you know, I, I like
0: what would you do
1: well i got very self-destructive around 15 16 we were all getting high too much and stuff
0: high on marijuana
1: yes and then i completely stopped i just didn't like it anymore i just stopped by around 17 18 i never did drugs anymore well i never drank i've never been a drinker and i never smoked cigarettes so i'm very boring but then i don't have any friends that are drinkers i don't have any heroin friends i don't because i'm not in the club I'm not in the alcohol club, you know, you got to be in their club to get along with them, because then they don't feel any guilt, and they don't feel like you're judging them. And I don't judge people that way, though, either. I don't yeah, They have yeah. a problem addic- addiction, addiction, it, it's a problem, and it'll make their life probably limited in terms of who they really, you know, like, uh, don't, isn't that true? Don't alcoholics all love to go to the same bar? And, you know, it's all a club. It's like, Well, it's
0: it's you know I mean the thing is drinking takes if you like to drink, um, you know going to bars is an activity whether you're an alcoholic or not, right? Right. Right. And that's something that people like to do. And if you don't like to drink, then it's not that much fun, and you don't want to go.
1: Well, you can drink too, and just not drink that much. You know, have a couple of drinks, that's fine. No, I
0: mean, I mean, you don't. You have to want to be at a bar. Yeah. and, and You know,
1: happened? I don't, I do I, I don't, I don't know anything about bars. I don't know anything about cars. Yeah. Cause I grew up in New York. I don't have any of this kind of funny like cars and bars and what else do I know nothing about, um, uh, I'm not but, a wine But history. Wait, I want to <laughs> ask
0: you. So you were part of the whole East village scene, like you were deep in there. I know that. Yeah. So what would, and you were sober the whole time?
1: Absolutely. I, 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 well, I, I, drank socially a little bit more than usual but i never i think i've been totally drunk where i threw up or something like once in my life Mm -hmm. i remember the time it happened (laughs) like a like once what
0: happened i was
1: out with a friend and we ran into this famous artist and i started talking to him and he tried to get him broke Uh, joseph kasuth joseph kasuth yeah Yeah, the famous uh he's great artist but um he tried to hit on my girlfriend. He get, he was trying to get me drunk and I, I got really plastered. And I remember throwing up and she didn't go with him, but he, he was after her, I think. It was very funny. But, um,
0: it was upsetting at the time though.
1: No, no, I was so no, I didn't no, no. No, really. you weren't
0: worried a famous artist taking your girlfriend away. No, no,
1: no, no. Really? I, I I knew him. I saw him come through Cooper Union and give a talk and you know, I knew his work and
0: no, oh, you I kind of knew, just what, really he I I knew
1: what he was okay. like, you know. There were a lot of guys like that that were famous that would come through the colleges and then end up with the young girls vito did yeah, that. yeah right
0: oh, Vito you know i wasn't
1: threatened i could yeah tell cooper people.
0: union and at that time i mean well still i mean it's the most uh i think it's personally i think it's the most well-respected um art school in this country maybe the world and partly if you don't know guys it's free i don't know is it still free not
1: anymore not, not anymore, anymore. but it was it? completely
0: no. free up until yep. like 10 years ago
1: i think so they screwed it up i, mean, I don't yeah, know yeah they what fucked they did. it up
0: like everything else but it was yep. completely free was free and very you know it's right in the heart of the east village and um
1: super was but, unbelievable it was absolutely incredible
0: yeah who did you go to school with
1: ellen birkenblit with my girlfriend He's well-known now. Thomas Woodruff, he has a show at Vio Schnabel's coming up. Yeah, I know him. There. Or Dan know his Ward.
0: name. He knows work. Uh,
1: Henry Finkelstein. Um, they were, uh, Claudia Renfro was a really great artist. I don't know what happened with her, though. But, was um, that the
0: architect now? Renfro no,
1: and... No no, 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 no. not that
0: guy.
1: But um, the teachers were great. I had Han Taka for four years. I took him.
0: Wow.
1: Lori Ashton, art history, Ruben Kadish uh paul resica jake pervot um christopher wilmar um stephen posen who was one of my favorite teachers i had him like year after year wolf Kahn, i worked for as an art assistant wolf Kahn, the american impressionist landscape painter
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh it must have been was, really, really interesting
0: it must have been a really stimulant it must have been incredible time well it
1: was, it was great no it, yeah it was, it was the. Also, the the music thing hit in the mid to late 70s, and that's what really got everything moving for me. Really? So, what, oh, yeah, what because, bands
0: did you see? Go ahead.
1: Oh, everybody. Everybody. Early on, Blondie, B52s, everybody. The Cramps, everybody. The Psychedelic Furs. The Talking Heads. Oh, yeah. I saw did them you hang out with them? What?
0: Did you hang out with them?
1: No, no. I knew people that knew a lot of these people. Like I knew got knew Blondie. I mean Blondie uh what's it? Madonna <laughs> Blondie. But um <laughs> No, you know who I loved or I've grown to love more is Patty Smith.
0: Oh, She's I know. So
1: crazy about her. I, I really oh, I I talked on I her see- now after the fact. It's like
0: i saw her in london in 1976. she was the first female um music person that didn't seem like a girl like a real girl she was just i love
1: everything about her yeah
0: she was a she's been a i actually got the chance to run into her on the street and tell her all that once well you know
1: she went into me one night and uh we ran into each other one night i'd run into everybody yeah i'm sure Everybody was so great about these village too you can walk two feet and you would just everybody was always you know you'd run into everybody and yeah it must have and been War Hall and this one and that one anyway i ran into patty smith one night and it was really great was like she you know i wish i'd spoken to her but i was too shy
0: No. <laughs> yeah. oh, no yeah she's, she, like... she's unintentionally intimidating i think
1: yeah
0: um <laughs> So, so, when you were hanging out with all these people, and they were they taking drugs and drinking, what did you do? How did you get to hang out with them if you weren't I, going to bars?
1: Well, you know, even with John Michelle, I was so naive about a lot of things. I didn't even know the extent that that what was happening. I didn't, I didn't, I just wasn't aware of kind. I, you know, now looking back, I could think like Richard Hamilton. I didn't know he was became a junkie as badly. Yeah, he died. So he destroyed and, himself. And, with it, you know the heroin. You know Richard Hamilton, another
0: yeah, yeah, I know as a
1: figure kind of, but as now in death has become much more valuable on the market and all that kind of crap. But um,
0: yeah.
1: no, I mean I wasn't I wasn't really aware of. I'm trying to think. I had a girlfriend that she always had to get pot or something. I remember her, but yeah, this French girlfriend. Of so you'd enemies. be hanging
0: out with John Michelle, and then maybe he would he would go and like get drugs, and you just weren't you just didn't know about it. Like maybe he would go yeah. home or go somewhere else. Yeah. You'd yeah. be at yeah. the opening. Well, especially
1: at the, at be... the very end when I knew him, because we had been acquaintances or, or were very aware of each other from the beginning, but I never really became close with him at all. It was like we were, you know, but he was very nice to me. He, he really so made an effort. maybe you had a lot of mutual respect
0: with people and you knew each other, Oh but yeah. necessarily partying with them.
1: Yeah. And, Is you know, a it? lot of it's in hindsight. When I look back now, like so much more makes sense. Or like, oh, OK. I remember a guy Rockets Red Glare. I remember
0: it, him. So great. He worked From at the Max Red Fish. Bar.
1: He worked at the Red Bar and he, he was a bouncer there or something. And he would always tell everybody how much crazy it was about my work because I had a show at the Red Bar. So he actually uh-huh. saw it. And John saw it and everybody saw it there. Renee Ricard, everybody, they were, everybody was always there. But I had a really good one-man show there. Now, I still have some of the paintings. From so, show, but that's how the work got disseminated initially, you know, like at, a, yeah. at the red or bar. Word of mouth. And, oh, yeah. or the people, yeah. right. Yeah. But more yeah.
0: organically than today. A lot more organically. Very
1: much so. Yeah, yeah. no, it, it was very different. Rocket's you know.
0: Red Glare was a trans mother, right? Wasn't he trans and had a child? A female. I'm he like, had, he'd had sure a baby as a female. Yeah. And he wore red all the time. I'd see him at Max Fish. I'm yeah. like you though. I didn't go out. I mean, I didn't stay out late. I wasn't a, a stay out late person. Um, so I still am not really clear about the angst that's so yeah. consistent in your work, where it comes from. Uh, maybe you maybe we'll maybe we can't really maybe it's just so instinctual we don't you know, we can't really even talk about it or find out. But the thing that oh, I'm I, really yeah. curious about is that the work, your work, I'm going to use the word dystopian. Is that okay? Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to say that your work is dystopian and it has a dystopian, it has dystopian imagery, um, which is not personal at all really and I mean it's personal but what I'm saying is like it's I'm trying to get to the where the angst in you translates into the angst in the work so the angst in you seems to come from your dad and the pressure and the neglect
1: well partly but uh just a sensitivity
0: what do you You mean by that
1: well I just think like for instance I'm in the East Village, right, and I'm shocked that all these artists are there and they're painting and acting like they're not in that environment. They could have been anywhere. They could have been on the moon and painted, but they're in the East Village with this environment and it doesn't enter their work at all. And that always kind of surprised me. Yet I made the work about what I got out of the environment. And at that moment, the, the actual physical Aspects of the, you know, using found objects, you know, very um assisted ready-mades or whatever you want to call them, you know, Rauschenbergian type concept. Where I, I, I get that. Whereas John's, Jasper Johns was a whole other thing, you know. But Rauschenberg was like, he, the the inspiration was from what he could see when he walked around the block, you know. But other people you Which know is okay because no, all that I, I, I want to
0: I get what you're saying because um I don't I want to make sure my young listeners understand like how literally dangerous the East Village seemed in those days and I think oh, it's really hard to imagine, imagine. I mean, I think it's really hard for you young people to imagine because there is nothing like it now, like um, really bombed out buildings and then and uh, drug dealers everywhere and the streets were pretty empty and there were no cell phones no Internet very, and if you were walking around avenue C or D. um, And you got stabbed or beaten up, that's your own fucking fault for going over there. There's also something I wanted to ask you about, Rick, wanted to talk to you about personally, because I always felt this way and I wanted to get your opinion on it. Um, I was in the, I was, I mean, my first apartment was on 11th and third in 1978. And then eventually I moved in with my boyfriend in the West Village, blah, blah, blah. But still I was familiar and I was, you know, I was, whatever, I was a neurotic, overprotected, underconfident Jewish girl from who had just moved from going to college in Syracuse. Mm. And I was deathly afraid of going into the East Village by myself late at night, and I always felt like the in order to be a cool chick in those days it took an extra level of fearness and I, fearlessness right and i always felt dorky because i was a woman that just couldn't possess that level of fearness fearlessness right right and i think that the women that did were genuinely cool like what's your feeling <laughs> about that do you think it was harder for women have you thought about that
1: well, sure, I must have been. And uh, you had to be street savvy. You, you had to be kind of, you know, street smart, either instinctually or just, you know, because you can get in a lot of trouble back then. I mean, it happened to me. I was very lucky. I got mugged once, once. You
0: are lucky. I got mugged on a subway
1: once for nothing. But, no, because I knew where not to go. But, you know, during when I was at Cooper, you never went past kind of First Avenue. Oh,
0: you didn't? Okay. No,
1: no, no because it was okay. too... Bombed out, and but all you got to do is look at the photographic record of New York City, and you can see what it looked like. I mean, it's yeah, just, but you
0: can't. I'm just telling you guys, to be there, the yes. listeners, you can't really get it unless you saw it because you, no, you can't really no, no, get no, how, yeah,
1: nothing can conveys it better dangerous. than having been there, of course. But to get a little bit of an idea, but look, look at some yeah, of the photographic records. You can records.
0: imagine it if you, if, you, yeah. if you try. You can So turn imagine, though, like you're
1: painting it. like that, and you're painting like you're on the, the the West Bank in Paris, but you're in the East Village. You know, so it always stunned me that some people so, just didn't So see that's the... so
0: interesting because I do think that physical environment, although it inspired a lot of people, obviously, was extreme. And yeah. um, so that's really so you think that's where the so know well, no, what you it was feel- is that the
1: environment mirrored my inner my inner you know the inner me was con like i recognized it in the landscape but that, that yeah, really okay. clicked at one point it really was like boom you know i saw it especially even on the west side piers it was very similar uh-huh. the, the canal Street pier that everybody painted on everything that really gave me a great i, I don't know it was very inspirational yeah. The, the, yeah. how dilapidated and how much everything was falling apart you know in the 70s i mean the city was just a mess i mean look look at taxi driver the film the conveys it you could you get a sense of kind of like the way new york was mm. you know, of course ac's a uh, taxi driver
0: yeah it's I got
1: that, it it that it. feel of what you know what it was like and now i, I it was very romantic though it was a very in romantic time well no, just that No, oh it was words, very romantic. So, it, You're it's right. was so nice because everything was like there were places that were you weren't supposed to go to. Now everything's cordoned off, everything's it's all different. There was secret places, you know. It was as if Yeah, it was a yeah. Like I remember that,
0: the pier show. That was kind yeah. of famous though. There was like they had I remember um huge Keith Herrings and Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, there was so much of that happening and it just blew up, boom, boom, boom. And it was an incredible time. I mean, there was, was, and,
0: and so I There were so many secretive things. It was almost like, right. like there was a club that you could only get into if you knew, if you were willing to, to be, be there, literally. Well,
1: it's another kind of snobbish, snobbish. It thing. is really, isn't a, it? A lead of like cool people or something.
0: I know. <laughs> Except that I'm saying like those women like I was saying, are genuinely cool, because they were, they had, they were brave, that you had to be, you had to be fearless in order to function in that environment physically. And I think that's, that's kind of, you're kind of a landscape painter, then. What do you think? You're kind of a landscape painter.
1: Yeah, yeah. In that time. Yeah.
0: Very nice. But um, um, your work yeah. today. So the work at um, James Fuentes, which you guys are definitely going to want go now. Go go. You have to go now because it's closed. Saturday is the last day. So um, what? What I want to know is is like. Do you, so the dystopian imagery. It seems. I don't know your work that well to really comment, but it seems related <laughs> to your all your work seems to have that theme. Is, is that accurate in some way? Yeah. Yeah. So now that you're not living in the East Village, where's the dystopian imagery come? Where does well, you know we've got we only have 14 minutes left, so I want to, again, last village, to so I want to ago. know, wait, let me finish and okay. then I want you to talk. I want to yeah. find out where the dystopian imagery comes from. Why, why you, why it still resonates with you, and um, how you felt about the show, how you, how you feel about the show, what what you learned from having your work up at this point in time. Okay, go.
1: Okay. Well, the first thing I would say, art historically, it, it's the work that I relate to the most, which is like German Expressionism, mm-hmm. uh, Goya. Um, you know, even though I love the latkes and everything, for me, Goya is a whole other thing. It's just astounding and Picasso mm-hmm. for me. So, so you have a real love work. of painting. Well, I'm a scholar. Uh-huh. I'm a oh, hardcore scholar. No, I mean, uh-huh. I don't have a certificate, but- No, um, no, what... I didn't
0: know you were that deep into actual painting. Not all oh, artists, I... a lot of artists don't care that much about other art, no, about no, the history of art. No,
1: no, no. no. I, I so mean, go I ahead, can... I'm sorry. But so no I mean and then so that's one thing that formulated my vision or whatever you want to call then it was uh, trauma
0: trauma childhood is trauma.
1: trauma yes it, it, ha- it, it of course it has to be
0: mm-hmm. I mean you've
1: got to use that later on I mean in other words it, it you know you can get past it I guess and deny it or whatever or if you've never been you know I don't know if that Matisse was ever horribly treated but he painted a very beautiful French joie de Verne because he didn't have any of that. I mean, even Picasso was quite not a tortured artist. I mean, he he wasn't. He painted about the cruelty in the world. You know, Guernica is the most famous. But um he didn't have that aspect to his personality. Whereas I think I do, but I don't wear it like some kind of badge of honor. I
0: can't believe I didn't ask you that. Oh
1: yes. For years and years. I went,
0: you've been to third. So you've worked, you know, why you're, you've dealt with the trauma directly.
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, but it, but, but it's something that, um, you're connected to it's an, it's an emotional, it's there's an yeah, emotional some, familiarity, sometimes it com- maybe. Sometimes emotional it comes, comfort. Sometimes
1: it comes back, you know, like the remembering certain things or the impact right. of certain things, mm-hmm. or you know, it never leaves you. I, I I always thought I kind of had transcended transcended certain things about, say, my father, but it came back with a vengeance.
0: No, you know what? I feel that way about my own childhood traumas, and I think that that's bullshit. That you can just you know get get over them i think no, it's, it's coping not. with them you not cope. eliminating exactly. them it's coping with them which yeah. you which you are a great example of
1: well again to be able to translate it or to, to put it into your work is is always very important but it's never cathartic really it's never truly it's never it's not going to cure you. there's no it's cure just, you manage it's you can just manage. an
0: outlet really
1: yeah and the thing is imagine for the parent to see that the the person that was thinking oh. kind of about these things my mother didn't didn't bother her at all but my dad always felt guilt he always felt like oh, oh. oh a bad painting ricky i will you know paint something nice and happy you know, maybe I, I you know. were
0: kind of getting back at him a little bit of because course you,
1: revenge
0: yes yeah, so it. It but, but, but also you were letting him that was your way of letting him know how how hor- how you well no but
1: the so. best revenge is that i didn't care what he felt about it anymore i didn't care that's how i got past it it yeah. was about me it was about look this is what i got to say i don't care even if you like it or not it doesn't matter Right. right. Like, that's why i can right. do it because now i can do it because before i was actually restricted from certain things i didn't know it <laughs> that's
0: but correct. it was like
1: i couldn't do certain things because uh, you know and then to, to see his guilt or or shame or whatever was rewarding in a way because it was like that's right this is where it came from you know this is well you you know at least i have the artistic ability to do something with it you know some people right so just... that's
0: why it's so much fun because you appreciate the freedom of just being able right. to feel right. good okay about it yeah i can yeah, see and that
1: I, I think that's why it comes so second nature to me when i hear people say things about the work like you're saying you know it's dystopian and, and I don't necessarily think of it that way, but in comparison to many other people's work, it's just totally, you know, it's scary or violent, or most people don't paint about those kinds of things. Everybody wants their work to be liked and very nice. And Alex Katz is a very good painter. I mean, I like him, you know, but
0: it's very nice. Yeah. Very
1: lovely, middle-class kind of world.
0: Stuff that looks, yeah, home decorating. That's, yeah. and in the home I mean, home home decorating.
1: I envy it in a way, because it's like, yeah. I just, I can't really paint like Milton Avery or uh, Edward Hopper, maybe. Yeah, you know, and and people like um Hans Belmer, you know, and Balthus even. And, uh... Well,
0: but we're we're in a shock society. It's a lot easier to to you know express yourself in a certain way, express your but a lot of that feelings. is superficial
1: a lot of that can be very superficial, so.
0: Yeah, that, uh, absolutely, but if the standards of what's shocking are so repressed, you know, Mm. it's easier to like show your feelings. But um, I also, I just want to make sure that
1: we. Joseph Boyce is another big influence. Yeah,
0: oh, I love his work. Yeah,
1: Yeah, astounding.
0: So I want to hear about your feeling about having this show, like about your work, your relation, like how, how having, I remember Annie, you remember Annie Heron?
1: Of course, yeah.
0: Well, I'll never forget this thing she said to me personally once, which was, oh no, maybe, what I don't know, was it? Or was it at the AIM program? It was at the AIM in front of everybody, but I'll never forget it. said so she said, showing your work changes your work. And, sure. I, and well, I think yeah. that, I think that having your work in a show affects I mean not I'm not saying it's going to change your work or or whatever but I think it's very prof- a very profound experience to have a show like you did and it's been up for for a while now and I was wondering what how you're processing the experience of having the show and and the reactions and and are you processing yeah. maybe you maybe you haven't even dealt with it yet that's possible
1: Well the the thing that I got first was the amount of open congratulations and like people getting the show, like really getting it and saying like, you know, you've made this leap even in the work. You, you've done the, this transition kind of without losing yourself or not. It's still you, but it, there's this added element to it. But that's, again, you know, I, I can't say fully, but it was like really uh great to hear this because you know imagine if everybody just came and oh really nice show you know and you just kind of got the feeling like yeah. it didn't really have much of an impact <clears throat> but but uh I mean James Fuentes even like he came to the studio you know he pushed my show ahead a few a few months because he they were so knocked out by like wow you just did all this and oh like, that's let's fabulous do it. let's do it now let's do it and I was like great oh like, that's I didn't fabulous wait June. it was originally going to be in June so that was also very, very encouraging. And, you know, he's really smart and he really gets everything. And he has said it to me, you know, he said people that say things without me even asking in any way, like they say certain things and it's like, wow, you know, it's really great to hear it, you know, like he knows what he's doing and he knows my work. And so that's, that's so important with a dealer artist relationship. I mean, if some dealers work with certain people, they don't get their work at all. They just think maybe they can sell it or, who knows what or but to have so many people around you that even the woman laura brown who wrote a great press release she did it very boom you know she and she really um got it right and i was very happy to see it, that it, it, you know it's and really good you also have to have to have you have to show your appreciation about what other people have done you know because i've heard from some people was like you know i sold two hundred thousand dollars of this guy's work he never thanked me you know you got to make sure you let the people that you're working with know that you know, they've done something really special, you know, or like mm-hmm. they, you know, and, and uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. I'm, I'm a little, you know, uh, you know, I'm onto the next thing already. I mean, I painted a whole bunch of pictures right after the show and
0: uh-huh. some of them,
1: um, which had been in it maybe, you know, but there's just a, a certain amount of room in that, in that, the main room that it's shown in. And so it ended up only being five paintings when there were six, actually, that were supposed to go in, but one got eliminated because it didn't quite work as well. It was mm-hmm. a purplish one. And uh So, that so orange you moved
0: one. on to the next thing. I'm gonna to i I'm just huh. gonna poke at you as a as Dr. Lisa and say that's so you don't have to focus on what's what this show is meaning to you. <laughs> I think the bet personally I think the best part what you described Is like the ultimate experience for any artist. This is what I what I think, is that the best part is uh, a feeling like you enjoyed making the work without too much struggle. Without like the pain of struggle, and you deserve it because you've been doing it long enough. Mm -hmm. Yep, you know, so you earn that. Uh, It wouldn't happen to somebody a lot, you, you know without that experience, any artist with experience has that should have some of that. But also I think you have um, a great relationship. I think the gallery, the combination of the gallery and the work, um, the gallery, you know, support and attitude, all of that and the work, the, the making of the work, I mean, that's as good as that to me sounds as good as it gets
1: yeah That
0: yeah. and and that and, you know i
1: just had a show in south korea too and it was a similar exact same thing they got the work i didn't have to sell it at all they totally got and made a beautiful catalog in south korea leanne gallery so the, i i got lucky recently well lucky i don't know if lucky but you know james approached me i didn't i didn't yeah I knew about, but he knew about me for years but so he knew all about me which is great and then the timing was perfect And then, do you think
0: people are getting back to that like east village sensibility like the possibly. do you think COVID, do you think don't, that, yeah, you don't I mean, care i mean that's not I what your work care. you're going to make what you make
1: right you, right
0: but i, I also I, think that your work has a certain level of real real honesty and truth that um a lot of popular work, popular art, popular c- culture does not. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't make you. Sound think
1: pretentious. You're... I mean, I, I would agree. I, I don't mean to sound pretentious, but I, I agree with you.
0: Yeah. So I think you know, and I hate to. I hate. I COVID, and I mean the war in Ukraine. And I mean uh, that's not. That's post when your show opened. Right. In, it, it, I mean. Well, by... you know, the
1: show's title, Empty City, and it, it's amazing because there's empty cities now in Ukraine being destroyed, and they're empty. And when I went out a couple of years ago, I have a photographic record of how empty the city was. On a four o'clock in the afternoon, I'd go to Eighth Street and Sixth Avenue. You wouldn't see anybody. At really? No, I have a photo. With my girlfriend, and I would go out. and It would be like hardly anybody outside, and there were no planes in the sky. That now they're all back zipping around there were no planes and it was amazing
0: yeah yeah kind of
1: beautiful i think the air got better i think the air quality got better
0: i think so too
1: there were less cars Yeah, we
0: only have a minute left so i'm gonna say um thank you so much this was great and um i also want to um um remind everybody to go to radiofreebrooklyn.org check out our stuff donate some money stick around we've got great programming all afternoon um i also thank you, thank you. <laughs> i also want you to uh, see see good I'm, i'll say it again go to james fuentes gallery um it's 55 delancey street um this show is open until saturday um and 26th 26, 26. the 26th 26. yeah okay and uh you can go to uh rick's proles uh insta thank you dr lisa gives a shit dr lisa gives a shit dr lisa gives a shit about you